100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning, brought to you by FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and at myfmbank.com. And this morning, we are excited to have a guest where we're not going to talk about the coronavirus, uh, at least a whole lot, uh, <laughs> is Lily Isaacs from the Isaacs, and you're the mama, right? Yes, Tony, I'm the mama, and... I guess I take a lot of credit and a lot of blame. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all as parents? But uh, the Isaacs, they're Don't we all. a bluegrass southern gospel music group. They're a Americana, really. It's, it's kind of the way, but they, they do so many genres. But if you haven't heard of the Isaacs, well, today you're going to get a little bit of a lesson on everything they've done, although most people have heard of you and... I am a novice at uh, your music, I'm not going to lie, so I'm kind of anxious and excited to talk to you this morning. Well, thank you for having me on the air, and we are proud Sumner County residents, so we love this area, and yeah, so I'm honored to be with you this morning. Well, um, why don't you tell us maybe a little bit about your background and your your family, and then maybe uh, kind of how this all began, if you could. Yes, sir. I'd be glad to. So, uh, you know, we've been traveling now for over 40. Actually, next year will be 50 years that my husband and I, my ex-husband and I have started this group. And um, so my story begins many years ago. My parents, my mother and father, are both Polish Jewish Holocaust survivors. Oh, my. And, of course, they were, yeah, they were born in Poland in the, in the 20s. So when World War II broke out in 1939, they were young. They were living at home with their families in Częstochowa, Poland, uh-huh. a small town in Poland. Of course, they, along with all their families, were hoarded into concentration camps. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, my father lost all of his family. He had five siblings and his parents. He only had one brother living after the war. Oh my, uh, my mother, as well, had her family at home and survived with two sisters and a brother. Uh, they wound up. So were they all? They they were all in, uh, put into Germany then, or was it? Were they still in? Yes, Poland? they were okay. eventually. Well, they when they started in Poland, they were taken to ghettos. So they started right. in the Częstochow ghetto, and they were there for several months. Then they went to Warsaw ghetto. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents didn't know each other at the time. They were just from the same hometown, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they were transported by train to the concentration camps in Germany. So right, well, was I was going to say, because Poland was one of the first countries they uh, occupied, wasn't it? If not the yes, first? Sir, it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. It was. So, I mean, millions of Jews were taken from Poland, but they wound up in Germany. My mother was in Bergen-Belsen concentration camp in Germany. My father was in Buchenwald concentration camp in Germany. And right before the war was over, they both wound up in Dachau together for a few weeks, and mm-hmm. that was unusual. They still didn't know each other. Uh, but uh, after the war was over in 1945, uh, and thank God for our American soldiers and our allies for liberating the ones that were left, and I'm very indebted to our military for that. Mm-hmm. But my mother and father walked out alive, and they were put in a displaced persons camp, 
That's what they called them. They were kind of like um, they made they they sort of nowhere to go kind of thing, or right? Yeah, hospital for people to recover, and then they had people like Red Cross, United Jewish Appeal, the neighbors went into Europe and helped people find their family members. Of course, then they didn't have internet, and you know you had right. no way of knowing who survived. But obviously, they found out their homes were destroyed and lost many of their families. There was no place to go. Right. So they were housed there in Germany for a couple of years where my parents met. Mm-hmm. And I, they got married, and I was born there in, uh, in a place called Feldafing, Germany, which was near Munich. And uh, my parents and I had an opportunity to come to America when I was two years old. And so we came on a big ship. I don't remember that at two, <laughs> but I grew up in New York City. And Mm -hmm. so I was telling you earlier, um, growing up with two immigrant parents, it was hard, but my parents worked very hard to blend into the culture and Mm -hmm. to learn English and learn, you know, just get jobs. But at the age of nine years old, I do remember going with my parents to Ellis Island and becoming an American citizen. And that was a highlight in our lives. That's amazing. That's how we started. That is quite a Uh, story. Yeah. (laughs) Race and Judaism. So, so did was there, was your family uh, then you know musical just in general then or when did that begin and where was where was your you influence know, I on that I don't my mother could always sing and dance and she loved Broadway show music so she'd mm-hmm. sing along her favorite movie was Singing in the Rain and when that would come on TV she'd sing along and dance and she had a really pretty voice but their lives were pretty much taken from them when they were teenagers right. so I don't know if they really would have been able to pursue anything like that but my mother loved the theater mm-hmm. so in my heart growing up in new york i wanted to be a theater actor i want to be broadway actress because mm-hmm. i could sing and i loved to dance so i studied theater arts that was my major and i wanted to make my parents proud so i wanted to go into broadway and also i learned i knew how to speak yiddish so i wanted mm-hmm. to do the yiddish theater on broadway that was my life and okay. my mother and father were proud of me for doing that but, you know, life has a way of taking its turns. Right. So, uh, but at my, least they got to roommate. see you do that, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I did. I did an off-Broadway show in, in Manhattan for a few months, and I took a course one summer at Carnegie Tech in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which was an acting course, actually. My roommate and I both loved to play folk guitars, and we were big, big Beatle maniacs at the time. I mean, the <laughs> Beatles were like the hottest thing in the world. I'm trying to find <laughs> somebody our age that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> there, there just aren't any. Everyone was. It's crazy. Right. Well, and you know, okay, so everybody, you know, which one was your favorite? You know, let me guess. Paul, right? right? It, or, but Paul. Uh, well, yeah, I of like course. John Lennon, too. Okay. But, you know, yeah. we had a crush on one and the other. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, you know what? This is unusual, Tony. I went to the first Beatles concert in New York, the Yankee Stadium. No way. It. Yes. We were there. My girlfriend and I were there. We were way up in the Seriously? Oh, my gosh. Of, we were there. Can you believe that? Well, they we couldn't even there. hear themselves, so it was quite the interesting show <laughs> for them. Amazing. Imagine being them. Yeah. I'm like, why are we doing this? They're just screaming. I know. <laughs> amazing. It's cool. But she and I were also fans of Simon and Garfunkel and Peter, mm-hmm. Paul, and Mary, that whole folk movement. So she played guitar, and so did I. So because we were on roommates in college, we started playing two folk guitars, and we'd sing at parties. And so when we got back to the city and we went back to our normal lives, we were invited to sing at some parties. Well, wouldn't you know... One of the parties we were at, there was a scout there from Columbia Records. Uh-huh. And we thought he was just this young guy flirting with us, you know. <laughs> but he asked, he said, would you guys like to audition for an album on Columbia Records? And we said, why, well, sure. I bet you about you know, flipped. Right. But we didn't expect it. We thought it was just a hoax. 
okay, yeah. Enough, within a so he was of actually days. an A&R guy. Yes, and he oh. called, and I never will forget the day when we took the subway with our two guitars strapped around our back. We took up, at those days you didn't have a flat iron, so we would iron our hair with an iron, on a, with an ironing board. Oh my God. That's <laughs> not dangerous at all. Yeah. No, it was awful. We walked in Columbia Studios, Tony, and walked out with a recording contract. I cannot believe it. That was 1967. That's unbelievable. I, I, it was unbelievable. And uh, oh, that was right that in album, the thick of it. Summer of Love, and they were yes. probably looking. They, oh. You know, were, were scouring the country for artists at that point. I'm sure. Oh, it was amazing. Washington Square Park in the Village was full every Sunday, and you know, we we had an apartment in Greenwich Village. So because of that album. Um, I'm talking fast because I, I want to tell the story before no, it's we go okay. to another subject. Yeah. We, uh, we, um, we wound up with a gig at a place called Gertie's Folk City in Greenwich Village, New York, for six weeks. Mm-hmm. So we were in college, but I took a leave of absence. It was too important to my career to not, you know, yeah. pursue this. I mean, we're, we're, that's, so, like, that's like having a stint in Vegas. I mean, that's a big deal. Absolutely. It was amazing. So Gertie's Folk City was a very nostalgic little coffee house where Peter, Paul, and Mary would sing and Bob Dylan and it was just great little venue. There was another act that was on the show with us for six weeks and they were a bluegrass band from Kentucky mm-hmm. called the Greenbrier Boys. Mm-hmm. And there was a banjo player in that band that was tall, dark, and handsome and flirted with me. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the rest is uh, folk history. <laughs> the rest is history. But it's funny because, you know, he'd never been to New York City, and he never met anyone like me. I never met anyone like him. But he had a different background than me. His father was a preacher. He was from the mountains of Kentucky, this baby of 17 children. I mean, our past could not have been any more different. But, you know, when you're young and you fall in love, it's the way it is. Well, it is, and there's just something about music that, I mean, I've yet to meet a musician or songwriter that doesn't respect the other. And I don't care what it is, whether it's, you know, uh, country or rap or bluegrass or gospel, you know, talent is talent and uh, kinship is kinship. And you just kind of have these connections over the years when you meet people, you know. And the roots of bluegrass and folk are so similar with the Americana because they're all acoustic instruments or songs and mostly story songs. Yep. So, So, you know, musically, it it seems far off, but it really wasn't. No, it wasn't far off at all. It was it was good, but it wasn't that far off. Mm-hmm. And but it was, you know, that's how it happened. So when we got married, I moved to Ohio, where he was working at the time. I left my home in New York. And um, then after we got married, I had my first child uh, when my son was born in 1972, and my daughter's 74 and 75. During that period of time, um, he had a brother got killed in a car accident, oh my. and it was he was 27. He was really young, and that's what wound us up in a church one night uh, because of the funeral and the mm-hmm. family. And I had never been in a church in my whole life. Yeah, and you know, and Ohio isn't exactly a mecca of gigs at the time. I'm sure. Right. You exactly. So. But you know, our lives dramatically changed at that time, and um, I, my life kind of t- took a turn where. Even though I was raised in Judaism, I received Yeshua as my Messiah Mm -hmm. and had a different perspective on my walk with God. And so we started our little family, and then our kids were born talented from birth almost. They could sing, picked up instruments, and played anything. So 
the rest is history. That's kind of the way we got started, which is kind of a miracle in itself. Well, those kind of gatherings and family get-togethers, you know, I always love families that were music because it, it it just happened. You know, it's like it was expected. Oh, okay, dinner's over. Let's let's start playing now. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah, right, right. So it was. when and, did you, know, you, you know, know, when when did the thought of actually putting something serious together happen? Well, we started off in, you know, the mid-70s with just weekends because we had regular jobs and our lives were normal that way. But Mm -hmm. in about the late 80s, I think, we started receiving some national attention. Uh, We had a couple other band members that were with us, but at that time, my kids were teenagers. And my daughter, at the age of 12, started playing mandolin, and my other daughter was 11. She played guitar. My son was 14. He was already playing the bass. So we as a family just stepped out and went more into a national scene and got a recording contract with a major label. At that time, it was called Morningstar Mm -hmm. uh, in Nashville. And we recorded some albums and just started receiving some a lot more national attention. I think that our career probably took its biggest turn when we joined forces with the Gaither uh, Music Group because they they had videos that were worldwide, international. Expose you to a whole new level of yeah, yeah. Right, and we traveled with them. Oh, go ahead. What's that? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, Well, I was just going to say, is there about twelve years? Oh, did you? Okay, okay. Uh, Is there anything? To me, uh, to me, I don't know that anything sounds better than a family singing together. There's just, I don't know what it is, but uh, it's just special, don't you think? I mean, it's just like it was meant to be. I think that family harmony is tight because the timbre of the voices seem to be the same. It must be in the DNA, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And there's something strange. My children, my three kids, and I guess I can say this, it's Mother's Day, I'll just brag on it. That's right. (laughs) They're incredible incredible musicians and incredible singers, but their harmonies, I mean, I I hope that we could just get to get you some of our music, but their harmonies are so intricate and so they know exactly when their voices will turn and they go together to the same right, note and right. wind up. I don't know how they do it, but it's just that DNA of family, I guess. I agree. I mean, each, you know, as you learn more and more uh, historically about music and families, whether it's the Jackson 5 or it's uh, the Carpenters, you know, and the overdubbing that they would do because he was enamored by the overdubbing of his parents, uh, his mother's singing. And it, it's, it's yeah. just, it, it is really incredible. And, not that they're not amazing on their own, but together it's just a whole nother world. It's like magic, you know, and I mean, I know when my kids sing, it's almost like sometimes the three of them harmonize on this one note, and it almost sounds, it's like, it's the weirdest sound, it's almost like it has a harmonic to it, it's mm-hmm. that tight. So, yeah, I, I, I agree, family harmony is really, it's interesting and it's intricate, uh, and I love it. So, and I and I think um, it comes we, from somewhere else, to be blunt. Not that I want to get weird on you, but I, I really do think yeah, these no. things are just, it's almost like they're vessels for what's coming through. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. And I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of that. I really yeah. am. I, I've just, uh, you know, being part of it. And I love singing. I'm still very, very active in our, what we do. And we travel a lot. Of course, at this moment, we're not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but... Well, let's, let's talk about that in just a minute. We're up against our first break. And uh, we're okay. going to come back. We're talking with uh, Lily Isaacs, the mom of the Isaacs. 
and uh, and a really talented family. We're going to talk a little bit more about sort of what everybody brings, each uh, child brings to the table. I say child, but I guess I'm old, so I get to say Thanks that. Thanks, Lar. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is. So, and it's Mother's Day, so we're going to come back and celebrate it a little bit more with Lily Isaacs right after these messages here on Sumner County Spotlight on WHIN. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. And welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning. We are excited to have as our guest on Mother's Day, Lily Isaacs, who's a mother and grandmother. And we were, you know, just talking off the air a little bit about that. And we'll, we'll get to that to the end because it is Mother's Day. It's a very special day. It is. Yes, sir, it is. So well, let's talk about, um, you know, the timeline of uh, the family getting together and then going out. And, and you've gotten so many awards and you've been nominated for Grammys and uh, you know, you've received Gospel Music Association awards. Tell us, you know, um, the beginning of that and and how that grew and and what everybody brings to the table. Okay, so I think I said earlier that we started getting some national attention With in the, the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. And we had our first number one song in the gospel genre probably in nineteen ninety one, mm-hmm. and it was a song that my daughters my son and daughter wrote, and that opened up a lot of doors, and so we started performing a lot different types of venues, and we also did a lot of bluegrass festivals. Well, you were also headlining, I'm assuming, at that point, not just... Yes, at some point, we started, you know, slowly, and then again, like I said, you know, being on the Gaither stage, and we were actually on the tour when the Gaithers were at their prime, so we would do Mm -hmm. these huge arenas that anywhere from 12 to 12 to 14,000 people, all the way from Los Angeles to Canada to Florida to, I mean, we traveled with them for 10 or 12 years, like every weekend we're in different cities, so just that platform alone helped, and then uh, all the videos they did were, as I said, international, so people started paying more attention and we were getting more opportunities, and one of the biggest things that I think was a huge thing for our family is 25 years ago, Porter Wagner invited us to be on the Grand Ole Opry. Wow. And we met him. Yeah, he was an Isaac fan and we didn't even know it. And from then on, we've been regularly invited to sing on the Grand Ole Opry just so frequently. And that was beautiful. I think we received our first Dove Award uh, with an album that we did on the Gator label. I believe it was called Heroes. And that was probably, uh, I'm losing track of time now. I would say it's around 2005, six, maybe something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then we've won several dub awards through the GMA, the Gospel Music Association. And by the way, this year, the Isaacs are being inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Yay, Fame. Yay, congratulations. So that is we're amazing. We're excited about that. In so, fact, the ceremonies were supposed to be last night. Oh, gosh, I know. It's crazy. But now they're putting it off a year. Crazy. <laughs> well, you know, don't yeah. let them do a virtual one. Tell them you want the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so everybody's, you know, growing and, and families, and, and they have... Uh, how, how do you even hold all this together so that you can do all these other things? I mean, is it a... Well, it's not easy. I mean... It, We travel in a bus, and um, my kids, when they got married to their spouses, were already traveling full-time, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't a surprise, and I've been so blessed with, like, two of my son-in-laws, 
uh, Jimmy Yeary and John Bowman are also musical. They're very talented. They play music. They sing. In fact, my girls met them when they were writing or on the road. So they already knew what to expect with our career. And both of my son-in-laws at one point or another had traveled with us some. Right. My daughter-in-law, on the other hand, is not a musician. She's a masseuse. Uh, she has a different career. But all of them were not surprised with our travel schedule. Mm-hmm. So that made it easier. But we're usually weekends. We don't go for like a month or two on tour and then stop. We usually like weekends and every Every month or two, we take off a weekend. So it's not right. like we're gone all the time, right. but we are in the majority of the time. But we love going, and, you know, we'll fly to some of our dates if it's in Canada or in California. Right. We've, gone, we've performed overseas many times. Obviously, you know, you fly there. But a lot of the time, we're in a bus. And sometimes, you know, now my daughters take the little ones with them on the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, my middle daughter, Sonia, has three small children. She's an 8-year-old a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Well, if you can so space things have, out, you can still, they can have yeah. somewhat of a normal life. And then, okay, it's travel time. Right. You know, so they kind of probably get into but a groove, I would think. They do. And my daughter, Becky, she has a 23, 23-year-old and a 19-year-old who grew up on the bus. And they're normal. You know, it's just like, in fact, my 23-year-old grandson plays music with us now. Right. Uh, but it's just a way of life. And they get, but, you know, they miss out on a few things, but they get to see the world. Well, and there's a whole lot of I kids that are learning to, to miss out on a few things right now. That's for sure, because it is a different world. Absolutely. And you've had right. some non-family members uh, in in the band here and there, right? So We have. We've had musicians in our band that were not, not family members. And right now, uh, you know, we have my son plays the upright bass and sings, and then my daughter, uh, my baby daughter plays the guitar uh, and also sings and writes a lot of our songs. My middle daughter, Sonia, uh, plays the mandolin and sings and writes, and she's also had a career in country music. She had a major label with Lyric Street several years ago, uh, which Vince Gill produced her album. Mm -hmm. Um, My son is a record producer. He also owns a studio in the Nashville area in Hendersonville. Um, He produces a lot of Grammy-nominated albums and artists, and my daughters have been background singers for the likes of Paul Simon to Dolly Parton to Reba McIntyre to Vince Gill and on and on and on. So they're very busy. Well, that actually, that sort of dovetails into the next question I was going to ask, because there's one thing I know about musicians and songwriters is, you know, you don't think of yourself as the the headliner. You're still sort of going around and you're in awe and you're learning all this. And then all of a sudden you are the headliner. And then the question becomes, and this is sort of a natural thing, I think, then it's sort of who are you helping bring up, just like maybe the Gathers or whoever helped you. I'm sure your family, through all of the things you just mentioned, are helping tons of other artists. I hope so. I mean, there's a lot of great new artists that, you know, are coming out now. And, you know, a lot of times, well, just for example, my son, being a record producer, he gets a lot of new artists in his studio. Mm-hmm. And he's learned, he's a great technician, he's a great engineer, and he has a really good ear for music and i'm he's called ben's den is the name of his studio Uh, and uh yeah so he's helped mentor i think a lot of uh, young artists to get in the business and uh, he gives advice he's a he's a technical guru so he knows everything you can imagine about uh microphones and speakers and sound and he's just and i'm sure he's uh by force by force he has to be a computer expert too so these he's days a computer expert <laughs> yeah. and he's also a 
bus mechanic. Your it's name like, is wait a minute. Do you remember these are called reel to reels over here? Never mind. There was no computer. <laughs> right, there was right. no computer hooked up. You either got it right or you redid it. That's like. <laughs> Listen, I re- first record I ever did was reel to reels. So remember, I remember those days. Oh they gosh, have to yeah. Splice the tape. People don't know. It, if you did a song and the last note was wrong, you had to do the whole thing all over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was but, no dubbing in. It was a different world. But, it, you know, on the other hand, there's some amazing things they could do, which just blows my mind when I watch some of these engineers uh, put these things together oh, yeah. or, or these things together or produce these albums. It's yep. it's really amazing, it's amazing, which is cool, really you know, is. because they're it doing things cool. we could they're doing things we couldn't even thought of doing. Absolutely. You, know, you can they can record and, and an amazing gotten, album and they're not even in the same town and they've never been in the same town. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um but my daughters are the same way though. I mean, I think my daughters have been a big influence on a lot of young women mm-hmm. that wanted to play instruments and sing and write. And my daughter Sonia and my daughter Becky both are amazing songwriters. Amazing songwriters and they pitch songs to some of the best. And my son-in-law Jimmy Yeary my daughter Sonia's husband is a country music songwriter who's had about seven number one country music hits in the industry. In mm-hmm. fact, he has one coming out, I think, next week, uh, Tim McGraw, mm-hmm. uh, that he's writing. But my daughter Sonia and her husband wrote a song that Martina McBride recorded about eight years ago uh, that was my story of being a breast cancer survivor called I'm Gonna Love You Through It. And a lot of people might have heard that song. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my daughters have a, had a great influence on artists in another way, like songwriting, mentoring, or learning how to play an instrument. And uh, I watch this, and I don't think you actually say, you know, I, we, we'll never know what kind of influence, but I feel in my spirits that, you know, I feel like that somehow we might have made a mark. Well, it sounds like you've made quite a few. Yeah, with with yeah. all of your all of your offspring and the branching out, you've they've probably touched a whole lot of people and are helping them. And I'm sure if we interviewed some other Americana artists or country artists, they would I'm sure name some of your children. I'm sure of it. Well, that would be pretty amazing. And I've had opportunities, Tony, to speak at schools about my family story. Mm-hmm. I've written a book. I've had a platform where, you know, I can talk about what happened in, and today uh, in schools, they don't even talk about the Holocaust much. They don't teach it like they used to. So 50% of our young population don't even know what that was. So, I mean, it's That's I just feel like hard to imagine in a different way. Isn't yeah. it? It's just, I it mean, is. it's like, uh, and it's not just the Holocaust. It's, uh, and we could get into all that and, you know, everybody yeah. get an uproar, but the reality is, History is what it is. There's no sense in pretending it didn't happen. How are we supposed to move forward if we don't look back and see what not exactly. not to do? You know, exactly. exactly. So, but it is amazing. I mean, some of the the yeah. I I love history and world history, and and some of my uh, the things that I learned the most were about the Holocaust and just the the whole. You know, I don't think the people people understand what our parents generation went through i'm not saying right now is not tough it is but it is nothing we don't have we're not hiding in basements and and being hauled on trains and having bombs fall on us i mean let's be be grateful for what we do have our biggest problem is the internet connection right you know Uh, and i'm not saying (laughs) i'm not saying people aren't i'm not saying people aren't hungry and they're struggling it is tough and it and it probably will get worse before it gets better but i think in weird in a weird way this is this is when music, I think, does better because it heals. 
It does. And, you know, so many people are doing things online now where we've, like, the last two or three Friday nights, we've had a jam session in our backyard. Of My family's been together the whole time, so we're not afraid. You know, we've been mm-hmm. together. But we've actually done, on our Facebook, we've had hundreds of thousands of viewers and just had fun yeah. playing music and telling stories and trying to lift people's spirits up, you know. And it is depressing enough to be quarantined and not go with your normal routine. But I agree with you. I mean, if we as a, a people get together, and this is a worldwide pandemic. It's just not America, right. you know? Right. And, I mean, anything we can say or do to be encouraging and, you know, just, hey, you're not alone. You know, we're in this together, and we're going to get through it. Let's have some fun tonight. And, you know, I didn't realize till we started doing these Facebook Lives and then putting them on YouTube as well, how many people are so lonely because they live alone. Right. Right, and they exactly. haven't really seen anyone for weeks. And, you know, we try to include them in, too. And so I'm sure that's what your program does when you play it on the air. People are just want to connect. And uh, it's just great to be able to have that outlet with what you do at your station and, you know, music and even talking this way. Yeah. Well, as we as we get ready to wrap up, Lily, uh, let's let's pretend the pandemic is over. Life is getting back to normal. And so what's on the agenda for the Isaacs then? What's what are what are things looking like uh, for getting this kind of weird few months? Okay, so we were planning a trip to Israel June 17th, which will be our 17th trip. And so I probably right now would be getting ready to start packing for my trip next month. We would be out on the road this weekend to three different states where I don't know where that would be. Of course, most all of our points have been scheduled, rescheduled or canceled till the middle of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our trip to Israel was a big disappointment because we were going for 11 days and I was, we were going to Poland for a few days to dig up some family history. And, uh, you know, just traveling and singing and meeting fans and going to the performing arts centers and the festivals. Of course, the GMA Gospel Honors were supposed to be last night. And, I mean, I don't know. Life is just different now. And I'm looking forward to getting back to somewhat of a normal pace where we could be with our fans again. Mm-hmm. These live concerts, virtual concerts, have been good. But it's nothing like the feeling of being with a live audience. When you feed off of them, they feed off of you. And, right. Well, you know, I think I think one of the good things that's going to come out of that is that you're going to have fans that didn't know about you, that have now seen you on Facebook Live or these other, you know, virtual ways of doing it, which will make your live performances even more fun, I hope. You know? I hope so. I hope so. But, you know, that's kind of was our routine. And so now just trying to hold out till it's time to do what we do and stay healthy and, and do things like we're doing today. So this has been a lot of fun. I, I just love this and look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, well, we're grateful that you're Sumner County residents and, uh, and that you're love safe. Love Sumner County, by the way. <laughs> we love Sumner County. Yes, we love it. We love living here. It's a great area. We love the people. We love everything about Sumner County. Okay, so last question before I, we bail, and, and I'm, I'm running late, but I have to ask because it's bucket list for me to go to Israel someday, and you've been there 17 times. Quick question, yes. what's, the, what's the not miss? If you go, you have In to Israel? do this. Yeah. Well, you have to, everybody has to go to Israel because there's so much history there. Mm-hmm. And when you go to Israel, I mean, walking the streets of Jerusalem, going to Bethlehem, going to Tiberias, uh, just looking at all of the history of the birth of our Savior, and even way past into the Old Testament, going to David's citadel, uh, walking 
uh, going to the Garden of Gethsemane, going to the Garden Tomb, taking a boat out on the Sea of Galilee. Oh, my goodness. On and on and on. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I to mean, a had, to a typical you know, American like me, we're like, oh, 200 years. That's not old. <laughs> it's not old at all. It's not <laughs> you old. Know, we're talking no, thousands of old. years here. <laughs> thousands of years. It's, and to my favorite thing to do when we go to Israel, of course, we started a nonprofit. I'll just mention this. They can go to our website and check it out, theisaacs.com, to bless Holocaust survivors that are still living. And there's over two, almost 200,000 that are still living. Mm-hmm. So we visit with them. We visit an orphanage, and we try to give back monetarily and be with the people. But my favorite thing to do is going into the Garden of Gethsemane. Yep. And the olive trees that are there are over 2,000 years old. And we take time, and we just kind of like lay down right on the ground and feel. It's like you can almost feel the vibration yeah. of what it was like when Jesus prayed in the garden. I mean, that kind of stuff, you can you can read about no. it. But until you feel the right. atmosphere, it's actually of the sea of Galilee it's, blowing in your face is yeah. amazing. It's actually real. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's real. I would imagine it's, uh, it's anyway. Real. I'm yeah. going. I'm definitely going to do that someday. So well, you should. Well, you should think about going with us. Oh uh, yeah. Well, Lily, thank you so much for spending the time and and uh, telling us all about the family and how everybody's doing and and much success and good luck and they better do this award show live. Don't don't ever take it virtually. <laughs> say I want the real thing. I want a crowd. I want to say okay. thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much, Tony. Okay. God happy Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Take care. And that is Lily Isaacs uh, from the Isaacs, and uh, blessed to have him on the show this morning. We're going to come back more on Mother's Day version of Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning on WHIN right after these messages. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Thank you very much, and welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning on Mother's Day here at WHIN. And uh, Sumner County Spotlight brought to you every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, by FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and also at myfmbank.com. Guest number two, mom, grandma, and the Register of Deeds for Sumner County, Cindy Briley. Cindy, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I cannot complain a bit. So. Well, you sound pretty darn perky for A, Mother's Day, and B, uh, being cooped up for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that uh, that is okay with me. We wasn't cooped up that long. We've been, you know, coming in, working split shifts at work, so it's not like I was quarantined every day. So Could be way worse, so that's, it? Could be way worse. Well, so, why don't you tell us a little uh, bit about yourself, Cindy, and uh, where you're from okay. and, and your background. Okay, we'll kind of start with the background a little bit. Sure. Uh, I was always lived in Sumner County. I grew up in the New Deal area, which is between Portland and White House. Mm-hmm. Went to school at White House. Uh, yeah, graduated from White House High School and then married a guy from Portland. Oh, Tennessee, boy. Which we both How'd know that, that is a rival. How'd that go over? Uh, that, did you have to do well, it in secret, you know, or did but, you have to come to Hendersonville to get married, or what? <laughs> Uh, no, we, we actually got married, you know, right there in New Deal, the church I go to in New Deal. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, the football robbery, that kind of lasted a couple of years and then we were like way over it. So, so no, uh, no fights <laughs> but, broke out at the reception or anything, hopefully. No, no, no. We, you know, everybody wore their dress clothes, so we were good. You couldn't tell if we were White House fans or Portland fans. So. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> but that part was good. Uh, we have a daughter who is out of high school, married, and I have... 
uh, and she's married, and I have two what I call bonus grandchildren that came with the marriage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and then I have, and then they have a daughter named Fallon. Well, all grandkids are is, good, right? Doesn't all grandkids are good, from. yes. That's right. That's right. All grandkids are good, and, you know, we, uh, I just can't tell you what a blessing a grandchild is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, being a mother and a grandmother, as as a mother, you push your child to, you know, exceed at that and exceed at this, and, and your grandchildren, you push them a little bit, but you're like, just just grow up, just have fun, yeah. you know. Have a good time, because it, it, it Have a good it time, is. be safe, be good. <laughs> That's right. And That's it, right. it gets ugly so, out here, so just have fun as long as you possibly can. <laughs> That's right. It's okay if you don't make straight A's. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. A, B on a roll is good, but no, you know, you just well-rounded. Yeah, the only rule I had know, in my kid. family, uh, I had a very simple rule, get a B and you're out of the family. But other than that, there were no that's rules. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's right. That's simple. Good Everybody have. understood it. <laughs> um, well, Cindy, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? I, uh, I, I'm uh, okay. not 100% sure, but 90% sure most of us have no idea what a register of deeds does, other than making fun of uh, the movie that was out. So, Oh, yeah. Which I won't, I won't do t- that uh, to you. Okay, well, thank you. You know, I appreciate that. I do get that a lot. One thing we do with the Register of Deeds Association is we call our Good Deeds Deed every year. And this is all the registers across the state. Mm-hmm. We will pick like a soldier's child or some nonprofit to help out, and that is called our Good Deed. Okay. Just to get that in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but as far as the Register of Deeds office, uh, I think everybody's well aware of the fact that uh, Pam Whitaker, I had worked as her chief deputy since 2001, I believe it was, and Pam passed away a couple, well, in 2015, and then uh, just a couple of days ago, her husband Howard passed away. Mm-hmm. So condolences for the family on that. Yes. I had never really set out in the 10-year goal to be an elected official or anything, but when Pam passed away, I kind of felt like since I had worked side by side with her, knew what the plan was going forward that, you know, I would run. Of course, my granddaughter was born about the same time this happened. So it was kind of a struggle, you know. Right. Between, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of juggling. Right, a lot of juggling things, you know. But anyway, uh, what we do in the office is we, we are the official record keepers for Sumner County. Anything to do with land transactions, if you buy, if you sell, uh, if you refinance, if you get a civil warrant against your property. We have uh, 81 different types of documents that we record in our office. And what we do is every document has so many specifications that it has to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, you know, the different, to make it a recordable document, we just can't record anything that comes in here. It has to meet the state guidelines according to the TCA. Well, that was my next question. So, uh, I'm assuming the state utilizes this data from all the counties, correct? Yes, you are exactly right. Uh, and, and, you know, the Department of Revenue, they have access to our online account. And, and what they can do is they can go in there, and if somebody says, and, and this is not something they do all the time, but they kind of spot check, and if, like, somebody says they gave, you know, $1,000 for a $395,000 house, they might check that, you know. Well, let's be honest. The, the, the Department of Revenue can check anything they want wherever they want. <laughs> You're exactly <laughs> so, right. You know, we and don't, I we don't, I don't really want to know where they're <laughs> snooping around, and uh, but, you know, right. uh, but we get why they do it. Well, some of us right. get why they do it. 
yeah, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I've never had them call me about anything, ask any questions or anything. Uh, but anyway, we, we put everything to record. We record plats, you know, after they've met all the signage rules and, and everything. And, yeah. and we, we're just kind of like a copy service, too. People come in here a lot to get different material that they need. Anything pertaining to land, it is in our office. Okay, so, you know, there's... <laughs> There has been documents about land going back as far as this country was formed. So how does how did that oh. all get recorded? Where is it? Is it all scanned and in systems now, or is it all still paper and buried in the bowels of a building somewhere? Or how's that all work? Oh no, <laughs> that is a work in progress right now. Right. We have all of the records dated back to like seventeen seventy eight, and well, before Tennessee was a state. Right, right. Uh, from the land grants that we got from the Carolinas. And a lot of the uh, the grants came from Revolutionary War soldiers. Really? Was it an organized thing, or did they just kind of wing it? Yes. And, uh... we have, no, we have the handwritten deeds. Mm-hmm. Now, the old deeds I have in a locked-controlled, the original deeds right. I have in a locked-controlled vault, uh, like community control, so the bugs won't eat them and all, and, and yeah. people can't touch those deeds right. because we've got to preserve those. Absolutely. Uh, I would think these, that there'd be yeah. a few a few items uh, like that that are historic documents that would be in a museum somewhere at some point, if not already. Well, we, we have them locked up, and you know, the main thing is keeping that room airtight and not letting any bugs or people putting their hands or anything on it. We have copies in my office that you can come and look at every day. So if you want to know and something all, about Sumner County, you would know <laughs> every yeah, nook and yeah, cranny, every, know. every alley, every easement, every, <laughs> you'd know them all. You're, you're exactly right. And the thing, uh, the thing of it is you can go back and like the land you own now, you can search it all the way backwards to when it was a land grant. That is amazing. Uh, I, I don't know that a lot of people and, know that. I mean, they they probably figure no. I can go back a generation or two, but we're talking we're talking way back. You're, you're talking right before Tennessee was a state. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yeah. really interesting. And you know, uh, plus I, I work a lot with the archives, which I can't say enough good things about. But they have done some land grant books over there that I know Jack Masters and uh, a couple other people have worked on that have uh, went back and traced a bunch of these grants. Right. And, and have got them in book form, you know, for the archives. So uh, mm-hmm. there's just a barrel of information. Well, I would imagine and we're that, talking about years and years of scanning project. I mean, this is not something you can do in a couple of weeks. No. And, you know, I have looked at getting everything put on. We have all of the actual land deeds scanned all the way back. There are Those are uh, scanned. Of being, okay. Those are scanned in, yes. Now, uh, they're scanned all the way back to the beginning of started keeping deeds, you know, that we had them in the state of Tennessee, and they are, but they're all handwritten, and right. it's hard to tell what the words are. Right. Even right. looking at the originals, it's hard to tell what the writing. You almost have to have a, we've got about, a, a, an expert in handwriting to understand that stuff. Right. You know, when to know what a, nor- a notary seal was back there, they had a special sign they used. They didn't have stamps or anything like that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, there were probably more like uh, witnesses and things that would sign, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes, it was witnesses, and they had this little curly symbol that they would make, mm-hmm. you know, that, that proved that they were a notary. Uh, but it's really interesting looking at the old documents, knowing that that was actually handwritten 200 years ago. 
you know. So how long were you in that office? Okay, I started to work for the county. I went to the trustee's office in 1982. Uh, matter of fact, right after I got married, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I worked there for 12 years. I worked for Bob Perry, which we all know used to run the morning show. He did the morning show on WHIN. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, this was like back in the 80s. And it's okay to say you're not wasn't born then. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> uh, well, I was, sadly. Uh, I've been around okay, a while. Okay. <laughs> okay. But anyway, I worked for Bob for about 12 years, and he passed away and uh, worked for a couple of the trustees. And then uh, took about a five-year break. Uh, I had my daughter, wanted to be around her when she started school, you know. So I went to Portland and worked and then came back to the county in 2001. Okay. In uh, 2003, I started as Pam Whitaker's chief deputy. So before and, you actually took this, after she had passed, you you know there really probably wasn't a lot of surprises. You knew the the whole workings, the whole deal. You know. Yes. Yes. And I, I knew by working with her on the bookkeeping, we split the. You know, we're Pam was real big on checks and balances, and I did the same thing. You know, one does part of it, one does the other part to make sure. Right. Everything's in line and everything's, two you know, sets balanced. Of eyes everything. Two so, sets of eyes are always better. You're exactly right. So, uh, and we would both go at it different ways, but always come up with the right thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, I worked alongside her. I knew what she had planned. You know, we started the e-file. That's where you can sit at your desk at work and go through a computer company and send us your documents electronically. You don't have to park it out, come in, and right. then we get them right back to you that same day. Well, I think most people are familiar with deeds and, and fees and things when they close on a mortgage or something. And that's about you know right. the extent of it. And then they get it back or it's approved, unless there's a glitch, uh, in which case then you guys would uh, work on fixing that. Right. And, you know, we, don't, we cannot uh, manufacture any documents here. Everything's mm-hmm. got to be done before and signed off it before it gets. We're actually the last. Okay, so step in the, okay. the closing process. I got you. Okay. So, uh, and we keep everything on file. We work closely with the trustee Cindy Williams and uh, John Isbell, the tax assessor, mm-hmm. uh, because what what we do when we a deed is recorded in here, it's sent to the tax assessor's office for them to make get the assessment off of it, and then in turn. It goes to the trustee's office to get the tax rate on it. So there's a lot of checks and balances to make sure, like you said, oh, yeah. hey, this is a you know five hundred thousand dollar property that was sold for three dollars. We got uh, we might want to look right. at that, et cetera, et cetera. So there's you know if one misses something, the other one is there to kind of oh did you did you overlook that or something like that? Yeah, yeah. you know uh, we are forbidden by law to uh, give out any legal advice or. Mm-hmm. Even try to determine if that's a legal deed. I see. You know, if, if I saw something, uh, so my job would be just to record it. Record it, yeah. Yes. Okay. I got you. Yes. Uh, or if I think it's suspicious, send a copy to the Department of Revenue. And let them do that part of it. And let them, that's the state, they handle all that. We don't even get the money for it, so. (laughs) Okay. Well, hey, we're up against our first break, uh, Cindy. Uh, We're talking with Cindy Briley, uh, the Register of Deeds for Sumner County. We're going to come back with more of our program here, our Mother's Day show here on Sumner County Spotlight, right after these messages. Please hang on.
FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight continues here on WHIN this morning with our guest, Cindy Briley, the Register of Deeds for Sumner County. And uh, Cindy, uh, tell us a little bit about sort of the process of, you know, you said that the paperwork should be right by the time you get it because it's already gone through some checks and balances. And, and, then, and then what? So it just gets registered okay. as the, on the same plat of land and then it gets put in the archives and, and that's it? Well, no. The, the way it actually works is, is when a date is brought to our office, we check it for recording requirements. We do not determine if that's a legal deed. Like, we don't go back and say, okay, did so-and-so really buy this property or anything like that. Mm -hmm. We just make sure that it meets the state recording requirements. And with 81 different types of documents, uh, there's, you know, you've got to... You've got to know what you're doing to record a deed, to get right. it on right. Right. Uh, well, how, many, uh, the, how, many folks, we, how many folks are in your office? I have... I think there's nine of us all together. Okay. I have uh, a crew that works up front that you hand the deeds to. They figure the document for the recording, uh, conveyance tax, mortgage tax, depending on whatever type of document that it is. Then I have people that put it on the computer that index it so that you can look it up under forward, reverse, uh, find it under the, if it's a subdivision, look it up under the subdivision name and lot number the buyer or the seller. Right. And then when that's finished, we go back and everything that's done in here is certified before we put it out on the computer. Well, that's what I was wondering we because, you know, there's still human beings entering information and you're going to have keying right. errors. You're going to have keying errors once in a while. Oh, so, yes. Especially when you record a lot of documents, you know, in one right. day. Right. So, so you, we have, have, you have checks and balances for that as well. Yes, we do. We have yeah. uh, about three sets of eyes on each document that comes through. You know, you've got to get it receipted. You've got to make sure it's correct, make the recording requirements. You've got to get it keyed into the computer, and then you certify it by going back. A different person certifies it by going and looking at it and say, yes, you put this in correctly. That's the correct amount of money. Right. You know, and when, uh, when we put stuff on, the very next day or, or later that night when we close out, everything can show up on the computer. I see. Now, so how many, uh, how many documents do you... Uh, process in a day oh man uh there's some days anywhere between 150 and 300 documents a day <laughs> i have got some really well-trained staff <laughs> yeah well if you that, don't you're, uh, if you don't you're in a heap of trouble yes and and like i said if you hire somebody new it's about a year before they learn how to record a deed because there's so, so many different go ahead sorry. uh steps to it and, and so many different codes that you've got to follow so can things get held up because they're waiting on it for it for it to be recorded, or can things go ahead and proceed while you're doing the recording of these documents? Well, actually, we're, we're the last step. They've already went through the closing. The property sold. Okay. Uh, okay. So this is just a matter of it's of already recording. transferred. Yeah. Everything is right. Done. It's just getting it putting it to public record. Okay. Gotcha. And you know, if there's a deed that comes in that does not meet recording requirements. We will either call that person or the money short or they didn't figure the conveyance tax right, you know. Yeah. Well, how many of these uh, things can they, to, how many th these things can they get just online versus coming in? Online. Now, what we have now, 
because it would cost a fortune to store all this information online. We have a computer company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And we have our own servers. But to go back for 200 years, uh, 150 to 300 documents a day is a lot of data. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and and a mortgage, uh, a deed may not be but two pages, but you take a deed of trust or a mortgage, that may be 27 pages. Right, exactly. So uh, uh, what we do is we have a computer company called Progress, and they work with like 45 other counties in the middle in the Tennessee, state of Tennessee. And they have our, prog- our all of our information online okay. at USTitleSearch.net. But right now, it's a fee subscription. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, but, if you, you uh, but if you want that information, it's, you know, it's worth it, I'm assuming. Right, yeah. right. And, uh, you know, right now when the building was closed down for a couple of days, mm-hmm. uh, or if, the, you know, our system's down or something, you know, they'll set that out there for free if somebody wanted to go search it. Uh, you can find any of your assessed information online by going to the uh, Tax Assessor of Properties website, yeah. or if you want to look at your taxes up online, you can go to the Sumner County Trustees website. Okay. Uh, now, I do list like recording requirements and uh, this this new thing that we're coming out with. It I almost forgot to mention. It's called My Land Alert, oh. and you can go to and and what that is if it's say like if somebody files anything on your property, we that, will send you an email. That is cool, and, and that is something that's kind of a little extra security. Yeah, really. You know, if somebody, let's just say, accidentally picked up the wrong address or, you know, accidentally there were four or five Cindy Briley's or something, you know. Exactly. So well, it's just a little just a layer little, of uh, protection, which is nice. Layers of protection, yes. You would be notified if something's, and that's a free service. I wish, you know, we could get more people signed up on it. So. Well, you might now that uh, people know about it. It's a matter of getting the word that's out. Right. So <laughs> once we just sell you guys some advertising, you can get the word out. <laughs> That's right, that's um, right. <laughs> okay, so how has the pandemic affected the volume of what you typically get done in a day? Has it changed much? Because oh, I imagine there's uh, transactions that have just not happening. Well, we have done everything we could do to during the time that we have. What we have done is, and I think this worked out best for the office, we were only shut down for like, I think, three days. Mm-hmm. And that was for them to come in and clean the office. I had the phone forwarded to my home, so I was taking phone calls. And then we came back in and were splitting shifts, like one group would work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and other group would work Tuesday, Thursday, alternate each week. Right. That's why if, if one group got sick, we would have the other group that could go on and record a deed. Yep. Uh, that was just kind of a safety feature. Uh, the building wasn't open. We were still answering the phone, and we were getting enough e-files. A lot of companies e-filed, or we were using regular mail. Uh, we were, the trustee was nice enough to let her use her drive-through so people could drop them off. Mm-hmm. And we were just doing everything we could to keep the process going because, I mean, we're vital to the economy. You, well, know? you, don't, you don't want them stacking up. But on the other hand, I would imagine that you, the volume is certainly lower. Actually, it really hasn't been. We had one of our best months this year as far as bringing in money. Uh, which is, I can't, it's hard to believe, I know, but there's just, there's so much property moving in Sumner County right now. It's interesting, isn't it? So, it okay, is very so interesting. If, if that hasn't really dropped off, then what has been the increase over the last three to five years when things started going crazy? Then did it 
grow exponentially, I would imagine? Well, we would have our busy months. You know, that's when you're building, when the realtors are selling property. You know, kind of the, the winter time is kind of our dead period. Mm-hmm. Not dead period, because property's still going, or people are still refinancing or financing for the first time. But uh, we have more of a volume in the summer months where the builders are building, the land developers are out with new subdivisions. You know. Well, you're also not at the end of a year or in first quarter when things like, you know, right. they're just people are reassessing and reevaluating at those times of the right. year. Right. And, you know, everybody's a little unsure right now what the future holds. So that is an but, understatement. You know, it, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it did teach us some good things. Okay. Now, if this ever happens again, how will we do this? You know, mm-hmm. what would have worked better? Uh, do we need to be more prepared to have a drop off box set outside? Right. You know, were it you, uh, makes you were think you, a little bit more. Were you happy with how you had adapted and how things went? Yes. Yes, uh, I didn't like having to close down the office for the cleaning, but, you know. It probably needed it anyway. <laughs> a yeah, de- a it deep, did not hurt anything. A deep cleaning. But, you know, I mean, there's people, you've, got, you've only got so many days to get a deed recorded once you closed. I see. Uh, you know, to be under the time, the guidelines. So I'm not for sure, but 30 so, days after the loan originates, or so you got a lot of deadlines you know, but, and uh, and uh, statutes and things that you have to make sure you you follow. Yes, and they change constantly. You know, uh, right now we had the only executive order I think that Governor Lee filed for the registers, and this only goes through uh, May the 18th, I believe it is, was a uh, a visual notary where you could actually record somebody signing a document, you know, if you were oh. a lender, a, a mortgage oh, okay. company. Yeah, so those would have been accepted instead of, then. Yeah. Right, instead of them having to come face-to-face with them. Hmm. So they recorded, signed, you know, it has to have the special language on it, and we, we record it. Right. Now, if it doesn't have the special language on it, saying this was a visual notary, you know, by Executive Order 26 or whatever, then uh, we'll have to reject it. Well, I mean, I think so. a lot of people have been through closings, whether it's been their homes or businesses or things like that. And I know I was in one once where the, the seller just had no interest in being at the closing at all. And I guess right. partly it's legal and partly it's up to the lender. I mean, if you're going to be the one forking out the money and they were like, we are not closing until this person comes here. So we had, I don't know, half a dozen closing dates before we could actually drag the guy there to do it. <laughs> yes. You know, and if, if people, uh, that can be a problem sometimes, but, you know, people really need to pay attention to what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, a, I, lot of not, them, a lot of them just trust that the paperwork is right. But, yes, boy, it's amazing. Right, I've known them all my life. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's amazing the little goofy things you catch. Your middle name's wrong. Your address, yes. your address is one digit off. I mean, those things can just right. wreak havoc, I'm sure. Yes, and, and it can ruin the whole chain of a title. Right, exactly. You know, when you go back searching for years, so. And then guess what? It's, Your costs go up to fix it. Right. You know, on a title search. <laughs> we don't whatever. get that money either, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's Mother's Day. We're uh, getting ready to wrap up, and I just, uh, you know, any advice for moms, grandmas? Tell us about oh, Tell us about momhood and, and grandmahood, uh, Cindy, as we oh, wrap up uh, you know, Mother's Day. That's really the most important job on this earth. Um, like I said, we had the one child. She's will, will kill me for this, but she's not in her 20s anymore. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> she's 30. <laughs> so she, uh, 
like I said, she's married, had lived at home, you know, went to high school, went to college, got a degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's just, you know, you, you push your children so hard, and then your ch- grandchildren, you just want to enjoy every moment. What's, you know? the, what's the best part about momhood and uh, the worst part? Unfair question, oh. I know, but I'm going to ask it anyway. No, that's really not an unfair question. You know, the best part is knowing you, you've raised a good adult. You know, you've raised mm-hmm. somebody that does things for others or it's not a menace to society or, you and know. That they're honest. <laughs> I, you know, they're honest. That they're, they're honest and, and they're good. They, they care about other people, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, now, my daughter's a real big cut-up, so... But she's a good-hearted person. But she is. Oh, a she may not talk and, to you after this program. Who knows? But <laughs> well, yeah, I, she might. No, she she would say the same thing about me. So, so what's what's the worst <laughs> but, uh, part? Uh, I think the worst part was the the discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you have to do that as a parent. But you know Just they don't they so don't realize they know right from wrong. They don't know real they don't realize how much that hurts the parent until they're grown up. It's so bad. You're I, exactly right. I hate it. Yeah. But, but you have to do it. You know, my mother used to tell me all the time, now this hurts me worse than it does you and I'm thinking there's no way. <laughs> you know, until I had to spank my own child. Yeah. And I thought, okay, she was right. <laughs> then you go in the other room and you tear up and you're like, okay, okay. I, 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 tr- yeah. Don't go back in there. Don't go back in there and apologize. Just, just stay in here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Be strong. You can do this. You know, so. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, you know, that's a wonderful job. Uh, and just knowing they've grown up, they're self-sufficient, you know, yes. uh, they're, they're just grown up to be good people. Now, when it comes to grandchildren, of course, you know, my granddaughter is only four, so she's still... In that perfect age. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I'm so, sorry to tell you, but I believe that stays in the perfect age until you're gone. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. You know, because they can do well, no wrong. Know, it's just the way it is. <laughs> and, and life's so innocent, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, she doesn't have anything to worry about. Uh, you know, and, of course, normal kids now, they all go to daycare, and they're involved in dance and ball and, and different things that, well, I uh, can't wait to get you know, them all out of the house, that's for sure. Let them get some right. fresh air, and as my old yeah. man would say, and, go, and, outside, go outside and blow the stink off you, you know? Right, you know, and then when they leave home and go to college, it's just like a wake-up call is, where did that time go, you know? Yeah, I, I can uh, agree more. I think uh, that hit me hard, you yeah. know. Uh, that was the hardest part, I guess, of all of it was, you know, going from the house. How fast that, it goes, yeah. Right. And, you know, that had been the center of my world for so long, for, what, 17, 18 years, that I just and, forgot uh, about everything else, I guess. <laughs> you're sitting at the dinner table looking across going, who are you again? Oh, husband. Yeah, that's Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Look, my husband's old. Yeah, I'd, I'd, rather, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd rather take care of a kid than look at you for the rest of my life. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, and, and actually, we have been married 37 years this month. So. Well, congratulations, and happy Mother's well, Day, you. and happy Mother's Day oh, well, to all you. the moms out there and grandmas, and uh, thank you very much for taking the time and enlightening us on uh, what it's all about and registering deeds and all the other 81 documents you take care of. That's right. 
All right. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. All right, Cindy. Take care. That's Cindy Briley, the uh, Register of Deeds for Sumner County, and that's going to wrap it up for Sumner County Spotlight for this Mother's Day. We appreciate you uh, tuning in. Moms, have a great day, and we'll talk to you next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at uh, Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, and myfmbank.com. We'll see you next week right here on WHIN. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.